Good Monday afternoon to you. Christian Gokel alongside PJ Zuko. Glad to have you all with us here as we kick off another week. The next three days, PJ, absolutely crucial. I know there's a bunch of fans sitting in their cars right now, sitting at work, doing the old toe tap. I'm doing it right now in my chair because they're fired up and they're ready for 7 o'clock tonight as the stinking New York Mets (laughs) come to Truist Park for a three- game set currently leading the Braves by a game and a half after this weekend's results. There you go. Old Sandy Alcantara getting it done. Mm -hmm. Maybe the best pitcher in baseball, PJ. When I looked at who the Mets were playing yesterday, I was like, they don't stand a chance. (laughs) They're going to be down. And lo and behold, Austin Riley comes through with a big old home one for the Braves when they were down 3-2 to late. The Braves actually pull off an extra innings winner by, you guessed it, Austin Riley again. Yeah, there you go. Right? So it was all setting up for the Braves to kind of have a letdown, be going into this series two and a half games behind the Mets, which if that's the case, doing the game-to-game matchup kind of math in your head, the Braves wanted to be leading the series coming out of it. They'd have to sweep, right? There is a chance, PJ, now that the Braves can be going into the final game of this series with the lead. Just the Braves like win the first two. They will have the lead in the division going into the final game, and then you're playing for that division lead going out. So, yeah, you still need a sweep if you're going to have the lead going right, out. Right. But there's a chance inside the series mm-hmm. you can grab the lead within the first couple games. And in, tonight, it and feels like a damn playoff game. Yeah. Because you got Max Fried on the bump for the Braves. Another Max Scherzer mm-hmm. going for the Mets. A hell of a matchup, for so sure. It feels like playoff baseball yeah. in the middle of July, before the All-Star break. Kevin, are you amped? It's crazy. Two thumbs way up for Kevin Thomas. There you go. That's that's the first time we've seen that in a while from the from the other way studio. Way up. Kevin's ready to roll. That's a, Who wouldn't be? I, like you said, though, it's, it's amazing that you get intense baseball in July. But, I mean, the main thing that's, that set us up for this is, is the path that got us here, right? Like, if, if there isn't some big, huge comeback when, I, when you're talking about, uh, you know, the lead and whatnot and tr- trying to get that lead, and if there isn't on the other side a, a possible collapse, especially from the Mets, and you just yeah. love to see that. But, like, if, if we don't take the journey to get here, then it's not as exciting as it is right now. If, like, the Mets were just going back with the Braves all year, uh, back and forth, swapping leads and whatever, it, it'd just be another game, just be another series. But, now nah, the, the, the path that has got us here has, has been incredible. If you're a Braves fan, for sure. If if you're a Mets fan, you know what? I've, I've already seen, because we, we both know people in who, who uh, we've come across who are Mets fans. So, like, we, we see uh, certain Gross. posts and things like that on, on Twitter. But uh, you, you see all the shares and whatnot of, you know, what I was bringing to the table, just bringing to the table a few weeks ago, that, you know, part of this comeback, part of that streak was against some some bad teams. But, like, But the Mets okay. played pretty much those same teams. I, I like get the, it. The I get it. Listen, you don't have to, to defend it. Yeah, you don't have to defend it against me. I'm not coming after that. I'm just Sounds saying. Sounds like you are. If you're a Mets fan, prove it. All right, now's your chance. Go ahead. Oh, I think they are proving it. You want to come in here? They're, and, they're and, all fatalists now. It's over. 
Oh yeah, okay. So then they can just say that when they get swept. I think yeah, I think more no, it's so. Just, it's I, just I, a, I hope you're right. It's I think, done. It's I think, over. I think more realistically, nah. the Braves are coming out of this one a half game back. Yeah, I mean, e- even if you have a successful series, yeah, you, right, win, you win two, two out of you win two out of three. Yeah, two out of three. That's that's but, fine. Kevin, am I doing my math right on that? Two out of three half game. Okay, one thumbs up because Kevin's afraid to commit to math. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> which like, I don't I don't think that. Yeah. Do you think that'd be bad? Like, do, do you think that? No, I you take still two feel like that no, keeps momentum think about going. What the opposite of that is, yeah, if the Braves come, or if the Mets come in and win this series, and you're like, oh, okay, momentum kind of stops a little bit. So you right. you got to win the series. Sweeps obviously the pipe dream, but yeah, uh, you got to win the series. And I'm looking at this, and I understand what you're saying, where it's kind of the culmination of what's been a great month and a half for the Braves. Like Austin Riley's hitting like 450 yeah. in the month of July. The dude's unbelievable right now. You had the 14 game win streak going in the month of June. So, like, got close to having the best month ever for the Braves organization, right? So, it's like, I understand all of that, but I think more so than anything, it's two really good teams Mm -hmm. going head-to-head for a division lead. Yeah. I think why that's why it's so cool. It's two teams that have over 50 wins. If this is a couple teams coming in with, like, high 30s, low 40s wins, like it was last year, right? A couple teams fighting to get above 500. I don't think it has the same kind of feel to it, because, but because it's two of the better teams in baseball, like, I think the Braves, outside of, obviously, the NL East and two other divisions would be in first place by a lot yeah. in every other division in baseball. Right. So the Mets are a good team. They've just kind of flattened out, and the Braves have hit their stride. Yeah. They look like the defending World Series champs. Yeah. And so now you got to come into their ballpark, take on their ace, and you're sending your ace to the mound. I think that's what makes it so cool. Game one it re- feels yeah. like a playoff game. Like it game feels one, like game one. You're of, both sending yeah. your aces out there. Yeah. No, for sure. No, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I just I, I think it adds to the excitement for sure. But it, either way, like you said, I, I think that one of the best parts about this is, yeah, the, the Mets are still, still, like you said, you listen to their fandom and whatnot, it, it might lead you to believe something else. They're still a damn good, respectable baseball team for, for this year and one that, that if, if they fully get things together and, and get that momentum going into the postseason, it'd be a scary one to run into, without a doubt. But like, So, so that's, what, that's one side of this that makes it so fantastic. When you talk about the Braves hitting their stride, I mean, it's, it's like even last night in, in extra innings, right? Braves were losing those games early, early in the season. Uh, what, uh, I still don't know if I'm ready to jump on the Braves do great in extra innings train because no, I'm, I'm not. Record. I'm not. No, I'm not saying they win all of them, but like what we were talking earlier in the season about, well, if it goes in extras, like that's, nah, it, it's, yeah. it's kind of it. It's over. So that okay, I'll say this because I know you're trying to give the Braves credit. That was just a. That was both teams being inept. <laughs> and extra innings. Sometimes you have like, that. The, yeah. the announcers were trying to be nice. Like, hey, it's two teams with two different approaches. It's like, no, it's two teams taking pretty crappy at bats. Right. Like, you're going to guide a third with one out, and you're not able to get them home. That's just crappy at bats. Yeah, no. And both teams did that a bunch. That's rough. No, without, without a doubt. I'm just saying that, like, if if you look early in the season, what night, this turnaround, and, and over the past, like, the question was, early, it seems like the Braves – just find a way to lose games. Yeah. Right? It's it's one side's playing amazing. Like the pitching is amazing. Can't hit anything. Right. But uh, you you're losing one to nothing, two to nothing games. It, the next day you flop it over to the other side and you're scoring nine runs, but you lose ten to nine. It, it seems like this is kind of flipped on its head over the past two months where not every single game, because then they'd be still on a, an insane streak, right? But 
more times than not, the Braves are finding ways to get it done. And, and whether that's pretty or not, it's getting wins in the win column. So I just uh, simply, I, I think that's, that's amazing and that's fantastic. And that's why we're here in, in you know, almost mid-July talking about an a insanely exciting series where the Braves, yeah, could come out on top and could come out with a series lead. And hopefully they grab it and don't look back. But it's true. Uh, we'll see about that. Uh, five Braves named to the Major League Baseball All-Star game. Uh, obviously, you have Ronald Acuna Jr., who is starting uh, for the NL. I don't know if he's going to be. Is he center field? I think he might be end up being center field because you have yeah. a bunch of really good uh, defensive outfielders there. But I think Ronald Acuna is going to get the start in center field. Uh, Dansby Swanson as well. William Contreras, Travis Darno, and Max Freed, all all-stars. I think there's one notable name not there. Austin Riley. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, going to dive into that. Coming up here a little bit on three and out, but obviously this is the uniform critique show. Nike in the not too distant past took over Major League Baseball uniforms mm-hmm. and is a big hullabaloo. Hullabaloo. Sure. Big hullabaloo. I, I'm not because going Because they put the Nike that. logo on the uniform. Uh, it's a big deal. Okay. You're not supposed to put anything on the uniform. All right. Yeah. So uh, true. But the Nike check on the uniforms and last year. Nike came out with whatever the hell those uniforms were. But more so than that, you didn't have players wearing their own uniforms. Yeah. So throughout the All-Star game, and I think one of the things that makes it cool is you've seen if you're the home team, you're wearing whatever your home uniform is that you always wear. Yeah. And if you're the away team, you're wearing whatever the away uniform is. So it, it was always cool to me to see a guy in a Braves uniform playing shortstop or third base, flipping the ball across the diamond, to a guy in a Dodgers uniform or a Diamondbacks uniform, right? It was cool. It was NL versus AL. Yeah. Last year, they came out with some pretty atrocious uniforms. I, I don't know what they were trying to do with those. It looked like somebody's, like, Photoshop glitched while they were making the uniforms and everything just got, like, mashed together, and they are like, ah, right, whatever, we got to get it out. Yeah. I honestly year, can't even remember them. That's how bad they were. This year, like, I love is uniforms. it too bad? I'm pulling it up for PJ now. I'm pretty sure I've seen these, like the gold. Yeah, yeah. so what you have is for... The NL teams, because it's at Dodger Stadium, NL's the home team, will be wearing the white uniforms. And so, for example, for the Atlanta Braves, you have the Braves with the tomahawk across the chest, but it's all gold. Right. Because it's Hollywood. Uh, Black hats, or is it like navy blue-looking hats, with a gold A with a star above it. I'm obviously signifying all-star. Do love the AL uniforms, though. I mean, they're... You got the slate gray yeah. with the gold, and we're looking at Mike Trout here, we're like the gold angels across the chest, the the black, I'm assuming, hat with the A on it and a star next to it. Like, right. They're I both under- clean. Like, they both look good. Correct. But it's not as cool, I think, as the visual of seeing exactly. everybody's different uniforms, right? Yeah. What yeah. I always thought would have been cool is like if uh, like a Danzy Swanson wore like the Braves throwback oh, man. uniform, yeah, that'd right? Be incredible. And yeah, yeah, like Ronald Cunha rocking the red. Right, Something like that, just like mix it up. Bring all the uniforms out. Yeah, For if, sure. you're the, if you're the if you're the the Blue Jays, bring out the baby blues. Yes, Woo. like it's baseball, right? You're not like it's not like in the middle of the action. You're having to find a color to throw a, a ball to. Yeah, right. For real. You know, you know what's happening. Look at the one guy who's not running towards the base, and he, yeah. he's probably <laughs> the one you need to throw to. Correct. Or the yeah. guy, yeah, the guy he has a glove. The guy on. who has a glove on, throw it to him. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on now. Uh, no, I'm I'm with you there. I will agree with you that those are clean. Like those are really good. 
they are going to the the NBA style, right? Where the NBA still wears the the logo of the team that they play for, but they're all the same color. Yeah. Um, and I think maybe for for basketball, I understand that a little bit more. But even but for, for basketball, what you could do is your home uniform, which is traditionally white, yeah, true, true, and then the other yeah. team would wear the color uniforms. Right. Right. I, I just I think you you have a lot more staying power, I guess, with that model if yeah. you're baseball. And it is disappointing to to see them change it up and and make these changes. Uh, well, but I mean, you knew it was I've always said because you sell more merch if you're Nike if you bring yeah. out the All Star uniform. I've always said like it's it's like a traditional. Now I, it's like if you know Notre Dame art, well, which they do anyway. But like if they were to change their jerseys, yeah. right? I'm like, okay, I get the tradition argument and everything like that. But if you're gonna change it, make sure it looks good. Because if you change it and it looks bad, that that that's the real problem. This so was the, this was the uniforms last year. Yeah, no, that's terrible. That's yes. disgusting. So I'm I'm happy they've There's gone the with this. Yeah, that's just wrong. I'm happy they've gone with this, and at least now that they're changing it, it does it looks good. That that's my only argument, right? If you're gonna change something that's already a fantastic system, make sure it's good, and make sure it looks good. I still um, like seeing dudes like going to home. I'd run, much rather the have that. wearing their own uniforms. Absolutely, I'd much rather have that. Especially when it's like... Just a hat. You can switch up the hat, fine. Yeah. You're basically, you know, you you put all your uniforms on display. It's like it's like a sales pitch, right? You don't yeah. walk in. If you're a jersey salesman, you don't walk in with one jersey and say, hey, it's fantastic. If you have five guys in the All-Star game, put them all out there, man. I, I, I'm not going to disagree with the you. The Braves red, the Braves gray, even, why not? Although, like, the I, Braves I, I, all I think gray is just... Eh. Mm. I've I never know, liked baseball all gray uniforms. I, I just, I, the Braves is... Pretty perfect. I know, I know. Kevin, put your left hand up if you prefer the blue away uniform over the gray away uniform. Yeah, no left hand up. See, Kevin, Kevin's that's with what, me. That's the cool. All gray. He's old. It's okay. The, no, I'm. Oh, if you call me old, <laughs> you're older than me. That's, that's a fact. <laughs> now, the all gray Braves away uniform is is crispy. It's one of the best away uniforms in the game. I I do like the batting practice blues that they wear every now and then just to switch it up. Batting practice blue. It's what it looks like. They look like batting practice uniforms. Goodness gracious. I don't know. Maybe it's just me because, like, I did. Uh, it's weird. Like, I, I like playing baseball and everything like that, but this is probably a a something that I brought from when I was very young playing baseball video games. And, like, it was like, all right, sweet. I like this team. What uniforms am I going to wear? Oh, white or gray? Yeah. Oh, what about this other team? Oh, it's white Listen, or, or it's gray. Slowly but surely. Boring. And if I could like run for one position, it would be like the uniform minister in the <laughs> state of Georgia. I would support this where I get, for the most where part. Where I get to, like, you have to bring all uniform changes through me, and I am going yeah. to be very, very tough on changes. Like, first first move Absolutely. would be taking the Falcons back to the late 90s, early 2000s uniforms. I don't know like, anyone personally yeah, who would disagree that's the with fir- that. That's the first move I'm making. Next move I'm making, because the Atlanta Hawks are good. The Atlanta Hawks have done their due diligence. They've gone For back. For the most part. Yeah, they've yeah. gone back. They've they've made things right. And whatever that those years were with, like, the, the diamond-cut uniforms with the green on them, it was weird. All right, but we don't talk about they've that. They've made a lot of weird turns, <laughs> but they've always kind of come back. They've gone back. It's weird. Yeah, to the, the red and yellow. And I think it looks outstanding. So we have that. Remember when they were like America's team, like red, white, and blue? Yeah, like, that was weird. That, that was a that was weird, weird time, also. I mean, but like, I, listen, 
They were trying I to love, be the I Wizards. Love, I love Joe Johnson and Paul Millsap <laughs> and all those boys. Kyle Korver. So I like the players and the uniforms were meh. Uh, Georgia, they've done the right thing. They had one change to make, which is taking away the bubble numbers and going back to the block numbers. They've done it. Yeah. Georgia gets a check off in my book. They're good to go. People can uh, take notes from that. Yeah. Georgia Tech, we're going to have to have some words because I don't know what the hell y'all are doing in the LSU uniforms. We're going to have a lot of just, words. Just, again, go back, look at pictures of Joe Hamilton and use those uniforms and you'll be good to go. Uh, if you're going to be a bad team, at Georgia least Southern, look good. Georgia Southern, perfect. If you want to do a game every year where you switch it up, do like the chrome helmets, something like that, fine. But for the most part, Georgia Southern's perfect. I know, Maybe a couple changes, like maybe some white helmets and a blue stripe. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or like maybe mm-hmm. take the number. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, okay. I'm just kidding. I'm just See? joking. Penn State trying to calm down. Uh, but <laughs> again, minister. But the Braves are perfect. If you want to wear your weird batting practice jerseys every now and then, fine. I get Stop. the Friday Night Reds. They're not my favorite, but See, people like, love them. Don't disrespect. The, they look good, but man. But the home, the home and away uniform for the Braves them. are perfect, and so I'd have no changes to make. But Georgia Tech. And the Falcons, we need to have some words. Uh, Let's take a quick break. We have some college football news to dive into. This is Second Down on ESPN Radio. We'll be back after this. Second Down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Christian Gokel alongside PJ Zuko. Glad to have you all hanging out with us here. And we got a ton of news to dive into. Again, Kevin Thomas and Ben Troop will have more for you on the Braves coming up on 3 and Out. But Saturday on South is reporting and specifically Matt Hayes of Saturday down South uh, is reporting from insider sources, something that I think we've been talking about a lot on the show, but something that feels common sense, but also at the same time, it seems counter to everything we have seen. So we've been hesitant to commit to believing it, I guess is the best way. It's a strange time. But when you have to describe things that way, but Uh, (laughs) And I promise, so I promise, I promise coming up, not maybe not today, but coming up on the show, we are going to get into the nitty gritty of this upcoming season because we have 54 days until the first full Saturday of college football. So mm-hmm. when Georgia kicks off against Oregon and all of that, we'll have about a week ahead of that. We'll have some games. Yeah. Like I think outstanding job by whoever schedules for Vanderbilt. Cause you know where Vanderbilt opens the season the week before the week before everybody else. Yes. Uh, they well, open the season. I'm, I'm, it has to be somewhere. Is it Hawaii? It is Hawaii. They're at Hawaii. Yes. That's so, great. Vanderbilt's having a hell of a year. I because, scouted it out for him, man. Yeah. It's, a, it's a nice spot. Like but, I don't know if they've ever been there. But. Vanderbilt's opening in Hawaii. <laughs> and all of this like conference realignment stuff's happening. And they're like, okay, best bang for your buck. Who can we get in? Who can get in? And Vanderbilt's just sitting there like, cash and checks, baby. <laughs> How many billions are we talking? Let's get it. Every now and then, like everyone, <laughs> we're really good at baseball. Everyone who yeah, everyone who manages the SEC like looks over and is like, if Vanderbilt's just in the corner, kind of like, hi, and they're like, look at you being all cute over there, Vanderbilt, and then just kind of looks away. Like, all right, let's go back to forgetting. So where, where Jim they Donnan, exist. Jim Donnan, former Georgia uh, head football coach, has his own Cash show now, chips. has his own podcast now, uh, and he was talking about expansion. He very much believes that like we're going to a super league where it's going to be the SEC and the Big Ten with like 30 teams each, and they'll play each other for the championship, all kinds of stuff. Uh, But inside of that, he was like, yeah, North Carolina is an obvious choice for the SEC to grab. I'm not trying to take shots at Jim Donnan. I'm not trying to say, like, I'm right, he's wrong, because none of us know. But he was like, you know, North Carolina, because that would be a big basketball boon for the SEC. SEC could give a rip about basketball. Yeah, no, yeah. I think a lot of All of this is football. Do you think USC and UCLA join the Big Ten because they care about basketball? 
Not wholeheartedly, no. no. This is all about football, so just keep that in mind. But, again, Matt Hayes uh, from Saturday Down South uh, said, sources say the SEC wants to end expansion race, stay at 16 teams. And you can read the full article on SaturdayDownSouth.com, but two ways of thinking about this. Mm-hmm. One way, which is what a lot of people are going to say is, SEC has to say that. You have to. You can't You can't show people your hand. You have to say that, and then probably tomorrow it's going to come out that four teams are joining the SEC. Yeah, right. We're pushing uh, it up to 20. Like, yeah. Other way to look at it is what I've been preaching on this show, which isn't saying like that they're going to add or not add. What I've been preaching is whoever does join has to bring more value to the conference than they're going to cost. Yeah. So a couple of things to know about the ACC teams that everybody seems to think are going to jump to the, the SEC. They are signed up, locked in to the ACC until 2036. There's players who haven't been born yet <laughs> that they're going to be recruiting to join those teams. Yep. yep. That's how far away that is. Yeah. Right? 2036. They're locked up, and some people have tried to do the math. We're never actually going to know what the actual math is, but it's going to be in the hundreds of millions of dollars for those schools to break free of that. And like I've seen Florida State mentioned as a school that could potentially jump to the SEC. It's going to cost you hundreds of millions of dollars to do that. Florida State's already paying off multiple head coaches that they fired, Mm -hmm. and I've heard reports that they can't fire Mike Norvell because they can't afford to. Yeah, (laughs) right. There's, there's but they're going to pay $300 million or more dollars yeah. to break away from the ACC. As much as people think there's just like this endless pit of money that college football teams have. Correct. It, it, it runs out at some point. And right? so like, people yeah. talking about Notre Dame joining the ACC. If any team wants to join the ACC, they have to sign that same deal. Yeah. So Notre Dame would have to sign into that same deal that goes through 2036. Notre Dame ain't doing that. Right. Notre Dame's... TV deal with NBC runs up in 2025, and when that deal runs up, they're going to be on the market. CBS just lost the SEC primetime game. NBC could want to re-up them. There could be a ton of other network streaming services, Amazon, that come after Notre Dame and offer them more money. They don't have to get the same amount of money that everybody else is getting uh, in terms of these conference deals, but they're going to get a lot more. I yeah. think they're at like see like 11 or 15 mil a year right now from NBC for broadcasting their home game. Right, because they just get their home game slate. Yeah. So if you multiply that by two and say, "Hey, we get all of your games," which would be tough, but multiply that by two, then it roughly values out to like thirty mil. If they just double that, right? So say their next deal is thirty million dollars, it ain't bad because yeah. they're also getting checks cut from the ACC for playing that those games that they play against the ACC, and you get paid from schools like when you went to Sanford Stadium to play Georgia. So there's there's all kinds of ways that Notre Dame is making money. But going back to the SEC in general. We talked about this last week. Greg Sankey would have been fired if he didn't pull the trigger on Texas and Oklahoma. And I think people forget that in 2011, Texas and Oklahoma almost jumped to the Pac-12. Yeah. Because they were so sick of the Big 12 and how little money that they were bringing in. Right? Texas launched their own TV network. Oklahoma wanted to make the same kind of money that, uh, I don't even want to say Ohio State, Nebraska. Yeah. Oklahoma's old rival. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma is a much better football program than them now. A much better sports program in general than Nebraska now. Nebraska's bottom of the Big Ten. Yeah. 
and Nebraska's getting cut a bigger check every year than Oklahoma. That didn't sit right with them. And so, yeah. so they were looking at the Pac-12. That deal kind of fell through at the same time that ESPN and Fox kind of came in with money to save the Big 12 from losing them. And then eventually the Big 12 fell behind again. Texas and Oklahoma tried to be patient with them. Didn't work out. Now Texas and Oklahoma are coming to the SEC. Mm-hmm. 2025 could be as early as 2023. Right. Right. But I think the overarching point makes sense, right? The SEC wants to stay at 16. Is it because the SEC doesn't want to make more money and they're being philanthropic about this? No, it's that the SEC, just because the lump sum for the SEC is bigger, the more schools that have to evenly divide that, the number can be smaller. Right, yeah. And that's what all of these SEC presidents are saying right now, which is unless you can add value, which I think the only school that might be out there anymore that adds value is Notre Dame to the SEC, yeah, and Notre Dame ain't joining the SEC. Right. I can go ahead and put that out there. Looking at this, it makes sense to me that the SEC stays at 16. Yeah, no, absolutely. Especially, <laughs> it, it might sound simple, but especially when you look at the sense of, I know a lot of people can look at this and be like, well, is that splitting hairs, blah, blah, blah. When you make money like the SEC does or, or like these people do, you have to split hairs even if you have a boatload of money, because that's how you keep your boatload of money. Correct. And that's how you make more money. So, no, it, it makes... Well, and people, I It's think, not always just strictly about yeah. numbers in the sense of how many teams you have or, or, you know, getting to that mega conference or whatever. It comes back to money, just like it always does. Yes. But, I mean... Well, but I think people think about money in different ways, right? So, and I'm just going to throw completely off-the-wall numbers at you. Say the SEC right now, uh, between their upcoming 16 teams, right? Say they make $1.6 billion, right? And the TV deal that they, they sign with ESPN, so what, that's $100 million that they're paying out to every single school. Right. Right? Every single year you get a $100 million check that you're getting paid out. Again, these are just off-the-wall numbers. None of this is true, right? $1.6. And then you're like, hey, I can add North Carolina, Clemson, Miami, and Florida State, Right? but my TV deal with ESPN goes up to $1.8 billion. You're like, okay, that's more. But the dividends, right, what you have to split up now between 20 schools is less than $100 million. And that's, therefore, look at Greg Sankey as the leader of an investment firm. His, the people he has to answer to are the universities, not mm-hmm. the SEC. The SEC very much is like the NFL. It's just this title that encompasses a bunch of different private entities. Right. Roger yeah. Goodell doesn't answer to the NFL. Right. Right. The NFL is 32 different businesses mm-hmm. and he answers to those owners and those presidents. Right. Right. That's yeah. why he gets paid a lot of money because he makes them a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Right. Greg Sankey doesn't answer to the SEC. He answers to Georgia and Alabama and Auburn and South Carolina and all these other places that say we want more money. And then yep. if you make a deal and all of a sudden that's less money than we were making. What was the point of that? Correct. Deal? Yeah. Yeah. What are you, what are you doing? Us? Or yeah. if it's, Hey, I heard Texas and Oklahoma wanted to join. Yeah. But you know, I just, I didn't think it was even worth taking the call. We want to stay at 14, right? We want to, we want to keep the sanctity of college football. <laughs> you know, uh, How much more money could they have made us? Hey, Greg, why don't you come in our office real quick? Let's have yeah. A, a quick yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, right? we, we don't, we don't care. Yeah. So Greg Sankey's responsibility, and I'm not trying to like say, where his morals lie, but his responsibility does not lie in the future of college football and 
what you care about is your afternoon experiences. His job at the bare bones of it is keeping those presidents at those universities happy. Right. And obviously he's doing a good job. Yeah. And, and yeah. And if 20 doesn't make sense to, to them and, and keeping that money flowing well, okay, so let's and talk keeping about that, that money going quick. up. Well, let's talk about that real quick. If you're a, if you're ESPN or you're Fox, what schools right now really move the needle for you? Like, this is worth me spending an extra $100 million a year. Right. There's not a – well, I mean, that's the thing, right? There, there's not like a ton of say, Clemson, you can't confuse on-the-field success with brand. Right. Right? Yeah. You can't. Now, if we start getting into the conversations of, like, the SEC kicking out some of the lower schools to add those schools in, it's a different conversation, but – that would take some litigation, and I don't think the SEC is going to do that. But looking at this, does Florida State move not, the needle like Texas and Oklahoma? Not insanely. No, not. <laughs> like again, I'm not trying to take anything away from them as a sure. football program. Yeah, no, sure. Right? But as a brand itself. Correct. Yeah. Um, it's certainly not as not does as North Carolina. Not as big of a move. No, it's certainly Certainly not. Again, outside of college it's basketball, no. does anyone nationally care about North Carolina? Uh, not, not really. No. <laughs> yeah, no. So it's just it's about the brand, <clears throat> and again, I think the only one that's really left out there is Notre Dame. Right. Yeah, and and, and we just yeah, you just mentioned all the reasons that. I mean, that, why Notre Dame would you jump to something? Yeah. I know we talked about it a few weeks ago, but since then, like. Why would you jump into something? Well, when you have that contract ending in what twenty twenty five, you yep. said, and can you imagine, like, in this day and age where there are so many different streaming and TV services that are just going to be throwing money at you? I think we could see that. And that you don't contract, have to lock yourself into a deal with a conference, yeah, right? And that money coming in like double or triple. And honestly, when again, you talk about they have, value, they have a couple of different sources of revenue they could do, which is yeah. you sell your home game package, and then you sell a package to whatever whether it's Fox or ESPN who and whether it's the Big 10 or the ACC where you say hey I'll play uh I'll play a slate of games against these teams. Yeah. And so you, then you get a portion of money and then like you also get Notre Dame in your conference for the other sports, right? right. Uh the the basketball, softball, volleyball, all the other sports you get them except football. Mm-hmm. Cuz they're just not going to join a conference, right? Yeah. So is that worth it to the Big 10 to have Notre Dame soccer and Notre Dame baseball and Notre Dame basketball? And then you pay them that check to have all of that, and you get some slates against your teams. Yeah, yeah. Notre Dame, I think, is going to remain independent. That's just my guess, and I it, just think it, it fiscally make makes yeah. the most sense. And and you talk about like going back to that conversation about the SEC or or you know Fox or whatever. What kind of of brands and markets kind of move the needle for you? They to me they have to be in that list of the of the top ten or top fifteen that we looked yeah. at. And guess what? All of those brands and, and organizations, they're locked up in either the Big Ten or the SEC right now. So there's not really one out there. Like, okay, I think the best example of doing this is the South Carolina fan base is so much more vast than the Clemson fan base. And I love Clemson. Clemson, yeah. like, if you actually go to the town, beautiful in the mountains up there. Uh, and Love the atmosphere, love the small town vibe, and I love, honestly, the uniforms. But just like all of it, right? 
Death Valley, Clemson winning is a winning program, right? All of it's great. But if you're just talking about fan base, mm-hmm. South Carolina's fan base is so much bigger. And it's fair, right? It's the it's the University of South Carolina. Yeah. It makes sense. So you can't look at on the field success determining where these brands lie. Right. South Carolina is a bigger commodity than Clemson. Right. And I not only that, like that that makes sense absolutely. And then you talk about what winning can bring, can add to yeah. your va- value oh, or sure. your brand. Can it help? Yes. But most of the time that helps after 10 or 15 years of winning, not not just five or six. I see, but, right? see, so like but to, you're to not, even get the, the... You're taking 10 and 15 up against like a century. Yeah, that, that's kind of what... I, like even to get that needle to move a little bit, Yeah, you're talking about longevity that, that these other brands or institutions have had for 100 years, as you mentioned. So that needle is that even if you win and constantly win or constantly in that conversation for 10 to 15 years... That needle is only going to move so much. And it's, it's like not a lot. it's like Miami against Florida, right? Like Miami had the years where they were the coolest and just kind of the definitive program of college football. But if you want to compare fan bases, yeah, it's not close, right? And it's wild because, like you yeah. said, they they were the talk of college football for five to ten years. And shoot, I'd say you had two spans of like eight to ten years because you had the Ray Lewis era. Yeah, and the Michael Irvin era, and right, all of that right. leading up into these super teams of True. Ed Reeds and Sean Taylor and all that. So they had like a good twenty years where they were the coolest thing in college football. Right, right. But if you just want to talk about fan base throughout all of that, you can go back. We have uh, some guys from these teams that actually join us every year for Ben's Legend Series. Florida goes back all the way past Steve Spurrier playing for them and winning the Heisman. Mm-hmm. Right, like that's how long that fan base goes back. So you're comparing. Very, I don't. I say recent as relevant, yeah. right? 30, 40 years versus hundreds of years. Right. So it's just, it's the fan bases are so much bigger. And so when you look at that, you have to look at commodities, right? It's not on the field success. It's the size and the viewership that you're going to get by adding these schools. And that's why Notre Dame is so valuable. Uh, we got to take a quick break. We're a little bit over. We'll come back with more right here on ESPN Radio. Second down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. we got Braves Baseball. Coming up for you here, immediately following three and out, uh, pregame coverage starting at 6 o'clock as the Mets come to town. Uh, But, PJ, I noticed last week a couple times you dropped some sports idioms on us. Oh, no. Yeah, like you said, against the ropes. You you held on to this all weekend? Yeah, because I wanted to do it last week, and we ran out of time. But I want to do it a little bit now. Maybe we can do it a little bit more going forward because we are running out of time here. So what happens when they only give us an hour? Uh, but you uh, you said against the ropes last week, and you said across the board last week. Okay. I do say that quite a bit. Yes. So what I want to know is, it's just a quick quiz time for you. Oh, no. Where right. does across the board originate from? Because oh, it is a sports idiom. Really? Okay. Uh, across the board. Across the board. I don't know where could that come from. Do you want to, go, you want to do the other one first? Some, like some against sort the of, ropes. What does against the ropes come from? Well, it's probably having to do with wrestling or, well, not re- not like real wrestling, I guess, uh, or like boxing, most likely. Sure. Like you're, 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 getting, you're getting your butt kicked. Yeah, and you're and you're pinned up against the ropes. There you go. So you you know, nailed, okay, so you nailed that one. Okay. 
Uh, like we could say like we could say like when a board. team's down three to one in a seven game series, they're against the ropes. They're up against or the you're ropes, down yeah. two scores and the other team has the football. Yeah, you're you're just against the ropes. Pummeled, man. Yeah, you're yeah. against the ropes. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You gotta find a way out. Yeah. Um so for across the board, I'm trying to think of some sort of sport that has like multiple scoring boards of some sort or or something. I don't know. Uh this is probably terrible. I don't know, maybe some sort of like this the scoreboard with like like baseball, right? You have all the innings, you have all the stats. It's just like someone's someone's just killing things yeah. across the board. They're doing a great job. I don't. I have no idea. So that's that's fascinating that you said that. I thought I was gonna go back to like uh, a coach, like when like you like draw like on a whiteboard or a chalkboard, you're like across the board. They're really good. Like that's what I thought See, it was gonna yeah. be. But it goes back to horse racing. Wow. So and, and gambling, right? So oh. when you bet on horse racing. You can bet on three things. You can bet on them finishing first, second, or third, right? And if you bet an equal amount of money on all three of those, you're betting across the wow. board. Wow. Okay. Okay. That's really good. Right? I, that's the other thing, too, is I tried to think of, like, all right, what's a sport that's been around for a million years? And I was like, oh, baseball. Horse gambling. <laughs> Horse gambling, apparently. Back the with the, cha- the, the chariots and whatnot, yeah. Uh, I think we got time for a couple more here. Like, okay, so if I said, like, she just blindsided me with that origin of blindsided. Oh, it's got to be football. Correct. Though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Lawrence Taylor getting blindsided. Uh, <laughs> what about the ball is in your court now? The ball is in your court. I think a lot of people would go to basketball with this, but I will go tennis. It is. Yes. Because basically when I serve it to you, the ball is now in your court and yeah. it's up to you to do something with you gotta it. You got to figure out what to do. Correct. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. What about which if you're talking about old Fritzy there, he didn't have an answer. He did not. What about uh? What about calling the shot? Oh, you're calling your shot. Or you're calling the shots today. Yeah. Calling your shot. Pool. Huh? Pool. Billiards. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. PG's on fire. Dude, come on. What about uh down to the wire? Like this game's gonna come down to the wire. Oh man. Um. Okay, this is where you get me. Down to the wire. Gymnastics. <laughs> no, back to horse racing. No, they're, the wire. You know, they're we finished. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, it's going to come yeah. down to the wire. Down to the wire. Down, okay, down right. to the very end. I said gymnastics because, like, in my head, I just thought, like, see a bunch of people, like, walking on tight ropes and whatever. Okay. So this is That's the one That's probably that I, more the circus than gymnastics. This is the one that I found Never mind. exceptional. We'll do this one, and then we'll go to break. Okay. Catching a second wind or catching your second wind. Is that horse racing? No. Okay. That would be great, though. <laughs> because you have those horses are just like, you know, they're just kind of like... No, but yeah, they're catching their second that. wind, which means like they're getting a second burst of energy. Um, Swimming. There's not a lot of wind in the water. Oh, maybe like when you go like... Oh, I guess they don't come out of water when they no. kind of... They're not like dolphins. <laughs> yeah, my bad. Preaching. <laughs> maybe like they kind of, like came out, like you, you turn around and, and yeah, kick no. off. For your second one more guess. thing, uh, no, I don't have a second guess. I, it comes from sailing. Wow. Yeah, so you, you're kind of you're kind of going. You got your sail set, and you get that gust of wind. So is that really a, a sports analogy then? Or sailing is a, a sport. Thing is it? Sailing is a sport. Are we yep, sure? NASCAR is a sport. Sailing is a sport. We got to take a quick break. We'll come back. Get you ready for three and out next. Big game coming up tonight here on ESPN Radio. Mets Braves 721st pitch. We'll have pregame coverage starting for you at 6 o'clock immediately following 
three and out. You got Max Freed on the mound. Kevin Thomas walking into the studio, wincing, strutting in. No, no, think, no he's str- I, he no, can't wait. That was not a strut. That was a that was like a 1990s, early 2000s first baseman hitting like a little bouncer and trying to get ah, out of the oh, box quick okay. and tearing a groin. That's what Kevin Thomas just did. Uh, speaking of Kevin Thomas, you can catch. Yeah, you can. No, you can catch Kevin Thomas coming Stop up here in about groin, two Kevin. minutes. If you missed any portion of our show, you can check it out on ESPNCoastal.com or wherever you get your podcast. Yeah, Kevin is coming in and getting injured like a 90s first baseman, tearing an oblique, just trying to run out of the batter's box. You can hear more from Kevin next right here on ESPN Radio.